0: Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions.
1: Minus three with Dave Damoschek. Oh, yes, it's the dawn of a new day. Hi and hello, sports fans, and welcome to minus three. Like I say, it's the dawn of a new day here on the show. I encourage you, though, to go back to just yesterday and and listen to my conversation with Mark Caboli from The Athletic. We chop it up. But good on Ben Roethlisberger, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Steelers fan base. Largely very upset about their uh, the the first ballot Hall of Famers return. And I understand the reasons behind it. That's not the snark you hear in my voice or perhaps it is either way. um Whether I'm pro Roethlisberger in 2021 or not, we'll get to the bottom of all of it. Try to make sense of the uh, arithmetic involved in uh, in uh, the, the cap and fitting Roethlisberger and some other players in under it for the coming season and future seasons. Go back and listen to that one. Anywho. Enough about that. As usual, we're presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make sure you're tuning in all season long, whatever your season is, for the exclusive offers and odds boost. FanDuel, more ways to win. And, of course, when you're making those bets, do it. FanDuel.com. Minus three, the word minus. The number three is how you do it. And, of course, follow along on Twitter. At minus three pod, enough of all that. Let's jump right into it. Eddie Spaghetti is along, as always. He's wearing his uh, tri-state loyalties on his sleeve, literally and figuratively. I, of course, focus on uh, the great state of Pennsylvania, the, uh, the Commonwealth. And now joining the show... At the end of every week, we're so excited, you see, for this sports weekend that we don't even wait for the weekend to arrive to start celebrating it. We're about to tell you the best bets, the best games to be focused on in the Northeast for the coming weekend with our pal, our old pal, and now your new pal. He is Kevin Hench. What's the poop, fella? One of the great, one of the great oh. writers in, in show business, one of the great. Perhaps the deepest sports mind that I've ever come across, and that's saying quite a thing. How are you, Hedge?
0: I'm fantastic, you know, living the dream. I mean, I realized the only way to get you to uh, return a phone call or email was to actually do a podcast with you. This is the only way yeah. I can talk to you. It's
1: fantastic. Yeah, 20%, 20% success rate these days now, right? You know, yeah, it's, really, yeah. it's really
0: bumped up considerably. We're, uh, we were all the way up to Kemba Walker's shooting percentage, getting you to uh, return an email. <laughs> Campbell <laughs> Walker, twenty percent.
1: All right. Kevin Hench and I met twenty years ago, and um, we we joined forces with uh, with Cousin Sal and uh, some other fellas. we uh, we all worked together. It was my, it was right when I got to Los Angeles, and it was on a fox sports um quiz show called Sports Geniuses. And I got the gig, and I was over the moon because I had just moved to l a and i got my first writing gig and i thought this is this is really the sweet spot for me because you need to get writing credits in um in los angeles if you want to make a go of it and so i got my first gig and i thought this is perfect because um it's a sports trivia show after all they they're saying the producers are saying they want it to be funny i know my sports i'll keep up and and i'll certainly be the funniest guy in the room right i mean i was a bunch of sports oh nerds uh, how's that i Within 20 minutes, I uh, I was wetting myself and making plans to just return to the East because there was no way I was going to be able to hang. If this, if sports trivia shows were populated by this caliber of writer, this sort of uh, funny guy, Sal, Hench, and beyond, um, and here we are 20 years later and uh, couldn't be happier to be kibitzing about sports and otherwise with you, Hench.
0: That's a good uh, – that, that was quite uh... – an origin story. Those guys, like what, I mean, we didn't realize what we were walking into, but they, they were, uh, the man show writing staff came over to write sports trivia questions. Like that was was an incredible, uh, group of people that was, you know, those stories will last forever. Now, listen, I know you're supposed to be the traffic cop here, but we got some work to do at the top of this podcast, right?
1: I don't, I don't need right out of the gate. I don't need your critiques, friend. Well, we'll I'll, I'll handle things. You I'm just a producer.
0: New, I was told to have stuff prepared.
1: Okay, let's get into it then. But then I want I want the audience to get to know Kevin Hench a little bit. Of course, the thing you know about him more than anything else. Well, let's see, too. Eddie Spaghetti, you're, the, you're going to be the audience in this one. I have said before, and I'll say it again now, um, as a man of honor, I'll say it to your face. Kevin Hench makes among the worst first impressions of anyone, and I don't make a good first impression either. So I don't mind telling you that that Hench makes a bad first impression sometimes. Spaghetti, I want you to monitor this over the next forty five minutes or so and see and see how it goes. Okay. I don't well, think there's if- going
2: to be any issues. I'm not worried about it in the least. I'm actually excited that we have somebody with, with Boston roots on the show because uh, you you would think, as a New Yorker, I despise Boston. But no, I went to school at BU. I love Boston, the city. I love the, the passion fans. It You almost enjoy the competitive rivalry. So I think this is going to be the perfect thing for what the, the podcast needed.
0: He doesn't respect you, Hench. Listen, Spaghetti's catching a break because as Sheck can attest, the worst way to meet me is to have 35 three-pointers drained in your eye hole because nobody could cover me from age 14 to 50. But luckily, knee surgery has rendered me an immobile talking head on this podcast. Um, But uh, yeah, I was not a ton of fun to be with on a basketball court. Checking. No, you
1: weren't. No, you weren't. But I mean, listen, it was very much like being a Michael Jordan teammate or on a Bill Belichick I'll, team. I'll, you, I'll accept you, that. I'll accept that.
0: Right. Very you you traded.
1: Played. You you traded dignity for victories. That's basically if you were Hench's teammate. Get ready. You're going to get yelled at but at least you get to hold the court for the next three on three game because uh, it was a winner keeps the court. So I I always uh, jumped on it, but I did have to deal with the indignity of Hench at the end of the game. Uh, Shaq, I've scored every point for our team here. And with the game on the line, you decide to shoot the ball without giving me a good good, idea. Good idea. Great, 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 great uh, strategy. Uh,
0: It's called called analytics. Dipshit. (laughs) I do think (laughs) if Hench, I maybe not
1: NBA. In fact, I'm pretty sure hench couldn't have played in the NBA, but in another age, I do think like with, with the, the focus now on the perimeter game and the three point shot and everything else, I don't think it's loco to think that if you were 19 years old in 2021 hench, I think you could catch on with a low end division one team, just be, and just be their spot up shooter. That's it.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, it, it's hard. I mean, we should, this would be where we should roll video, obviously. But like, I I can attest that I I couldn't have covered anybody. But right, I had Reggie Miller range. Like, I just the only the only thing that stopped me at Corolla's game was his swimming pool. I would literally I get so far from the basket I'd be <laughs> wet. I would be wet. So. Uh,
1: All right. We do have business to get to, which is namely our three best uh, picks of uh, the upcoming weekend. But I will say, yes, we would play three on three faithfully on Saturdays for a few years. And it was just those are glorious memories. Um, And it was a three on three court with the three point stripe in there. Um, All our pals every Saturday. It was it was wonderful. As Hench mentions, though, about 35 feet from the basket was a swimming pool. And um, our uh, spastic pal, Randy, went in there chasing a basketball more than once. He flew into the pool, and we laughed at him. How can he control himself? And then
0: Hench went into the pool. Embarrassing. Well, but in fairness to me, I, I made the shot as I as I fell <laughs> into the pool.
1: I don't remember that part. All right, let's get into it then. it's uh, We look into the near future here. We're going to lay out for you. The best bets. We're going to tell you how these games are going to go, our favorites to watch this weekend, and to put a little bit of uh, loot down on. Make sure you're doing it with Fan Duel, like we say. And Hench, you take the honors away. What's your, uh, give us one of your three best bets here
0: for the weekend or for game result. I I feel like you, you know, I need to preface this with I did not build my empire with my gambling winnings. Uh, I think everybody should know, as you know from having been in the ZFL with me for for over a decade, uh, not always finishing at the top of the picks list. However, uh, I will give I will provide my rationales for these for these picks. Okay. All right. So wait,
1: are you are you out of the gate now, saying to the to the audience like, "Don't listen to me," no, or no, what is I, your challenge like just whatever I say, go against it, and you'll be a winner?
0: Well, that you know what I'm saying is here's my rationale with the caveat. I'm fucking terrible at gambling. That's you know whatever. Do what do what you want. Do what you want. But this this sounds like a good reason. And by the way, you, you nobody's nobody's smarter than Vegas. So everybody who pretends you know who's smarter than Vegas, nobody. So, but this seems like a good rationale. Okay, Friday night Rangers money line against the superior Boston Bruins. Why? Why you mm. say? Okay, that's gonna be a good return on that game because the Bruins play the pesky, annoying Islanders Thursday night. And I just feel like on a back, if you're gonna play a back to back, the Islanders aren't great. They're not a contender, but they just they play, they come at you in layers, they skate, they skate. It's just an un, it's an unpleasant 60 minutes. So I think the perfection lines, legs are gonna be a little heavy. Uh, I think Zibana, Zibana Jad is coming. He had two assists against the Flyers Wednesday. And, you know, in a one nothing win earlier this year, Tuca stoned him twice on breakaways. And I say, he pots one Friday night. Rangers beat the Bruins.
1: I like the logic behind that um, spaghetti. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you give us one?
2: Well, that's uh, pretty funny because my my show bet um, of this weekend was going to be the Rangers Bruins, but I had it the other way. I I said I was going to I would pick the Bruins in this one, and my reasoning is basically because of the Rangers injury issues as of late. They have Miller on the the COVID list, Kapakako on the COVID list, Jacob Trouba out four to six weeks. Our uh, Terry Panarin, which we could talk about for an hour, is is still on his leave. And uh, they did lose that game to the to the uh, the Flyers. And it could have been a lot worse. But luckily, Chris cried put the team in his back, got a hat trick. But what's funny about the game versus the Bruins earlier in the season with, with the Rangers is they played them really well. And the Bruins are by far the cream of the crop in the whole NHL. I believe NHL.com even Ooh. has them as the number one uh, overall team, in their power rankings. But the Rangers played them so well that even two Garass was skating off the ice thinking that they lost the game um when they were going into into overtime and obviously they lost the game in uh, in overtime. Uh so this one just due to the Rangers uh lack of their full like roster as of now and just the Bruins just being a dominant team, I think the Bruins will win this one. But I am a little a little bit shaky on this one because they did play them pretty well. But that's why it's, well, my, it's exciting. It
0: right out of the gate, head to head.
1: Say,
2: yeah. This is,
0: this is going to be the
1: beauty of what we get the It's about. Boston, New York City, and Pennsylvania all going head-to-head. On Saturday, it's Embiid v. Drummond. It's uh, the Sixers v. the Cavs. I'm saying Embiid under 25 points. There are very few matchups against Embiid that uh, probably drag him down or scare him at all. I think Drummond is one of them, so I'm going under on Embiid in that one. And then Saturday, it's those same Islanders and the Pittsburgh Penguins hooking up there. I'm going to give you the pens on this one in a tight one. I hate the way the Islanders play. It makes me sick to watch it. I hate that this team (laughs) is going to make the playoffs. They're going to, though. By the way, my big prediction that I've made earlier, and I'm going to say it again to you now, the one team in the mighty mass mutual that is going to be on the outside looking income playoff time that I'm pretty sure of among the heavyweights, it's the Washington Capitals. They're old. They're not going to be the, – the, the idea that they can just bang every other team in the league, beat them up, and wear them out, they're the old guys. They're the ones that are going to be worn out by season's end. Um, I'm going to take the Penguins by a goal against the Islanders on Saturday, the Pens of late have had the Isles numbers and the way Tristan Jari's playing, I like that. That's a major, obviously, goaltending major for everybody, but the way the the Pens like to play it, if uh, they're backstop like that, I really think they suddenly become one of the top three teams in that division.
0: Well, Shaq, as you disparage the uh, age of the Capitals, you you should know that Russian machine don't break uh, unless he supports Navalny. And democracy in <laughs> the Russia. The bread man. What about the bread
1: man, Edge?
0: Yeah, no. That's when you. That's when you suddenly you break when uh, you say something bad about uh, Putin. He's a lovely guy. He's a lovely guy. uh All right, Mike. My, my next two picks are uh, both NBA. um You know, we're a little hamstrung here with the actual number, obviously, but you know, the I don't. The books can't keep up with the Nets scoring. And I think Saturday against the Mavericks who play no defense is a, is a perfect over for the Nets. Uh, The Nets will go over in that game. And, and the crazy thing, I mean, I will get into it over over the course of the spring, but like I I was in the uh, kind of uh, old school camp of like, that's not going to work. That can't work. There aren't enough basketballs. Joe Harris just stands in the corner and gets an open three-pointer, whatever James Harden wants him to. Joe Harris is living my dream you just stand here and shoot threes <laughs> and no one's ever near you because these guys can't be guarded. So you just hang out. Anyway, they can't hide Luca on He can't cover any of those guys and he'll be too bored to stand with Joe Harris in the corner. So the nets will go over Saturday. And then, and then Sunday um, the Knicks, the Knicks money line against the Pistons at Detroit and my guy, Julius Randall um, you know, obviously as a, as a Celtic fan, I'm suffering right now. But one of the great uh, pending injustices of the season is that everybody has already given Jalen Brown, the most improved player award. And, you know, he's having a good season, but it's resulted in the Celtics being much, much worse than they were last year. Julius Randle's numbers are actually, if you go line by line shooting percentage uh, rebounding Julius Randle's a more improved player than Jalen Brown. And it's actually translated into the Knicks being a better team. I mean, What's, what's the point of Jalen uh, increasing his, his scoring percentage 25% if all it means is the Celtics lose a bunch? And I love Jalen Brown, but uh, Julius Randle is the most improved player in the NBA. Uh, and not just because I have that at long odds to cash, but um, he actually is. Uh, and so the Knicks will beat the Pistons on, uh, on Sunday.
1: All right. Good stuff from Hedge there. Spaghetti, bring it on home.
2: Well, that was uh, – the, the Knicks-Pistons was my best bet of the weekend as well. I mean, they're the Knicks are playing a tougher Indiana Pacers team uh, the day before, and then they're on the road first the Pistons, but the Pistons are in last place. I mean, they, they're, they're trying to move Blake Griffin. They're they're like nine wins. They're a total mess. Even Jeremy Grant, as good as he's been this year, probably an all-star snub. Uh, it's just not enough to beat this Knicks team. I think they're going to blow them out. And then my other best bet, going to go back to the mass mutual and uh, flyer sabers. There's news coming out that Jack Eichel was sidelined for weeks in training camp with an injury. He has like two goals in 16 games. The Flyers, to me, are a phenomenal team, not maybe in the Bruins level, but just a really solid, complete team in every facet, and I think they're going to win this one on the road.
1: I can't believe that they're going to end up trading Jack Eichel. I can't believe – I mean, just – got to be sick. There are certain poxed franchises, um and, and the Sabres are one. In the free agency era – it really is loco. As the sky is falling, as I look around uh, the city of Pittsburgh and everybody's saying, but don't you see? It was it was uh, 70 years between Bradshaw and Roethlisberger. The Steelers are about to go out into the desert. They need to do something. Dr-. Not in the age of free agency, unless you really are atrocious at personnel. And it would seem that the, the Sabres officially are at this point. It's crazy that you, if your team is perennially suctaceous, That's on that's on your uh, brain trust. That's on. That's not on anybody Uh, else. If you can't get your turn and a little bit of sunshine
0: once in a while. Well, Shaq, let me ask you. Speaking of the wasteland your Steelers are heading into, Mm -hmm. um, which was a lower, which moment did you know? Which was a lower moment emotionally for you? The Bud Dupree injury at the end of that never should have been played Wednesday night in the rain. Dupree probably didn't need to be on the field. Like no, that's, that's a killer. He should have been off it, the field at that it, point. It's a killer. It's a killer. Like emotionally, I mean, I think we all knew. Like the Steelers, it was there was a little smoke and mirrors with the record at that point. But when Dupree goes down, I mean, part of what made them uh, a possibility was those two guys coming from either side like what do you do who do you double what you know it's the it's the ultimate question it's it's you know it's how the how the giants beat the patriots in 07 like can you get to the quarterback with four guys and and so Dupree and Watt just presented so many problems and when Dupree went down grim you could see right away okay that's that there's this is not an ankle this is and then so that super low moment for you demoralizing or Mike Tomlin punting against the browns Oh my god! Oh my <laughs> god! Do you know? No. Uh, you remember Will Hunting doing that math problem on the board at yeah. MIT, right? That yeah. like, what would the what are the analytics of Mike Tomlin punting with the Browns reeling, uh, and he punts on on less than fourth and two? I mean, I guess those are two Mike Tomlin decisions. Up, I thought, I, I can argue we are uh, field. And the punter on the field. Yeah, that My was Tom, a- Mike Tom is a great coach. He just doesn't know who to have on the field. <laughs> well, yeah,
1: I, I could say the same for Bill Belichick at this point. Well, what, ingenious move putting Tom Brady on the field for all those seasons. As it turns out, that was the, the one key decision he made over the years as he's now been exposed as semi-fraudulent. And I'm not going to get crazy, and it's not hot takey, though, to say that Twenty twenty, the the combo of events, the perfect storm of Tom Brady not just leaving and you know winning double digit games and everything else. I think it's fascinating that the entire off season, starting around now uh, a year ago, became consumed by. If it wasn't about COVID, it was about Tom Brady leaving Foxborough and going to Tampa. The whole off season, Then as soon as the season started, it became like the the beast. It became like a C story among everything else that was going on. Russell Wilson's the MVP by week three and all that. And then not until January did the Tom Brady in Tampa become a a big time story again for obvious reasons. Um, But I got to think Belichick and I've talked to guys who are fairly close to Belichick who've said, Oh, he definitely cares. That made him, that that had to bother him. That impacts his legacy negatively, that Tom Brady could go down there and in one season put it together with Bruce Arians. And I think for real, now this mystique, now that the mystique of like, do your job, you got to do it the way I want it to be done, but in return, you're going to get Lombardis or at least playing for Lombardis. Okay, but I could also go down to Tampa with old BA who's drinking alongside me and everything else and have fun and also play for a Lombardi. What happens now? Who wants to go to Foxborough? Who all wants right.
0: to go up there and play by his militant rules? All right. Well, well, first of all, this this is this is an insane transition. Yeah, that's right. From, from your mediocre, overrated, rah-rah Mike Tomlin to to the greatest coach in the history of organized sports. This is I feel bad. This feels like we're playing basketball again. Like I'm just gonna I'm, I'm just gonna destroy you. Just now like, here's like, where like, we roll the tape. Here's just, here's where just, we roll
1: the tape. But when I say roll the tape, I mean the ones of the Rams practicing before the Super Bowl. So okay. the oh, great, 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 great.
0: Yeah. So you know, I know it's it's easier for you to organize in your mind all the Super Bowls Mike Tomlin won. You can probably run through them fairly quickly. It's not it's not a it's not a menagerie of results. But for me, I of course have to collect my thoughts because Belichick's. Been to so many fucking Super Bowls, mm. um, but I will Not say this. how many days he been to without Tom Brady though? Okay, well, well, he went to one without Tom Brady, uh, uh, or, or two essentially without Tom Brady, and against both against the Rams, interestingly, because uh, we essentially played those games without a quarterback. Brady had 145 yards passing in the first Super Bowl <laughs> win against the Rams, and then he was awful against Jared Goff you know and if you say hey the patriots mm-hmm. are going to go score 13 points against uh McVay and Jared Goff who just hung up that 51 on the chiefs remember that year where it was like the rams are unstoppable they the, the rams are the future of the NFL and they score 3 points against Bill Belichick who dialed up the zero blitz on the Stephen Gilmore uh interception um and then of course the the the, the, the original Uh, Belichick genius was when he stopped the greatest show on turf. I mean, we could go back to the giants obviously too, but stopping Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas, but you know, he, he, nobody could stop that, that Kurt Warner Rams team. And then Belichick's defense scored as many touchdowns in that game as Tom Brady's offense. So like I, I'm my heart is so big and my trophy case is so wide that I have enough love for both Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. But this idea that Brady's success with better weapons in Tampa Bay is somehow an indictment of Bill Belichick is insane. It's nuts. It's crazy. I
1: I mean, I'd love to to announce that it's insane to challenge this when Tom Brady at the age of 43 – and by the way, he went – the the thing that supports Tom Brady, and I know half the defense went out um, before this season, but the thing that supports that Tom Brady is the key factor in all those titles, not Bill Belichick, is what did the Patriots go la- uh, two years ago? What was their record in, in 2019? It was Cam Newton went, um, had a losing record. I know that the defense was not nearly as good, but but
0: Brady... Still took that team to what 13 wins is that what they had in 2019? Brady was not good in 2019, just for the record, you know. And a lot of that is because um, Nikhil Harry has yet to get any separation in the NFL, he's he's yet to not be within arm's length of the guy covering him. Uh, you know, Brady didn't have any weapons. I'm happy for Tom Brady, um, seems like a really well rounded, thoughtful guy. And uh I and I'm and I'm happy uh You're happy for, for him. Oh I, I I was rooting I was rooting hard for him. I mean I really, wish you really would... Yeah. I mean I know it's hard for someone as heartless as you to understand, but like if sixty six went, and, you know, or even sixty eight with the Rangers, but if sixty six went and played for the Flyers, you wouldn't root for him to lift the silver? Oh no. For the flyers, Uh-oh. certainly. Not. I, that's, I, I tried certainly to make it, it as not. I tried to make it as bad as possible, but uh no, I would I, never want I, that. Obviously, I don't have anything against the Buccaneers. Um, so yeah, I was I was rooting for uh, for that, TB TB twelve. That,
1: that's the most considerate thing that Brady did. He could have stayed in the AFC, and then it could have really. Um, been more painful for you and your ilk. At least he went to the other conference, and um, the unlikely event of him getting to the Super Bowl is the only thing that really brought the emotions out. But good for you that your heart's so big. You know what? Speaking of that, let's get to know Kevin Hench just a little bit. If you ever watched uh, the old show Inside the Actor Studio, at the end of it, he would always do the Pivot questionnaire to get to know, really gets to the heart of uh, his subject. So, Hench, what's your favorite word? You're a wordsmith.
0: Oh my God. My favorite word. I mean, as, as, as your, I mean, that uh, your listeners are going to learn, uh, I, I love every, every variation of the F word. I just, I find it, um, flexible protean. It, it, it moves, it bends, you know, it's like, a. It, it's a lot like a Belichick defender. You can put him down in a three point stance. You can, it can, it can cover guys in the flat. I just love, just love the F word, and and I gotta say, my seven year old and thirteen year old are getting pretty good at it. I mean, they're young; oh. they're they're starting out, but uh, they've learned well. Prodigy. Mostly, mostly when I'm driving.
1: <laughs> well, congratulations! Um, the uh, what turns you on creatively, spiritually, and emotionally?
0: Um, I gotta say, it's so funny you you mentioned that because you know after. As we as we pull the uh, the train into the station here on Last Man Standing, you know, 194 episodes of TV sitcom. And, you know, uh, we do this thing on the show where Tim Allen does a vlog. He basically just does a he does a minute to camera to kind of say, you know, what have we learned here in this episode? And it's and the device is that he's doing it as a as a kind of a sales pitch for the fictional store in the show. And so like Mr.
1: Belvedere penning a letter back to the queen in England,
0: same, same story. Very good. Uh, so I, uh, so I write those and, uh, and just yesterday, you know, we do table reads They're They're obviously on zoom now. Um, but so in, in sitcoms, you know, nobody really, even though there's a name on every script, nobody really knows who wrote every joke or, you know, so, you have a little bit of the comfort of anonymity because, you know, if a joke doesn't work, nobody knows. I mean, your name might be on the script, but nobody knows which of the 14 writers wrote that actual lead balloon that nobody laughed at, but everybody knows I write the vlog. So everyone's kind of like looking at me when something stinks, like, Ooh, you know, hench, hench whiffed. Um, And so, so yesterday, uh, Tim was reading this vlog and it was actually, it was about like sometimes it's good to be stubborn, but sometimes it's good to be flexible. It was actually it was you know it was sort of the, the thrust of it, and uh, you know Tim has obviously earned the right not to read the script before the table read. He's you know he's reading it for the first time. Uh, so even after all these episodes, I still pucker a little bit when I'm watching you know the 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 founder of the feast, the, the you know the, the the king of of sitcoms, read my writing for the first time in front of the studio and the network and the the assembled and so when i see him get like a half a sentence ahead and get delighted like i can see him get being delighted by the discovery of the joke of where i'm going um you know obviously it's a huge relief to not be embarrassed but i'm still you know so you know to see something you write work you know, i mean you knew this from the man show like anytime like you know jimmy or Adam or you know you know something you wrote worked and delighted the host or the star you know that's your job kind of and and the thing with tim and this was true i jimmy never
1: i uh, just to point a point of record I, I never actually had that experience no, no you, of course
0: him. you did of course you did but uh you know and the thing about stars is, is comedic stars like you know, if you wrote something that Jimmy really liked or, or Adam really liked or, or Tim likes that the if they like it, it's going to get laughs because they'll they will invest in it. And right. they have that special sauce that just goes, oh, they like it. So you're going to like it. And uh, and so so that creatively, that's still, um you know, I was kind of surprised yesterday specifically because I was like. Wow, this still delights me when he's delighted. You know, it was, was kind of, it was sort of nice instead of just being a, you know, grizzled old cynic, pronounce the words right, actor.
1: Good for you. It's the same thing as the curmudgeons that cover sports for a living. I'm sorry that this job is wasted on you, that it's such a pain in your butt to, to have to toil like this. A, the, guess what? You're cheating life. If you're getting to crack wise or talk about sports and you get money for it, that's, that's counts as cheating life so uh so get on board or go away
0: one of my like you know just one of those don't don't meet your heroes stories but like part of my origin story was I I wrote sports for a small well there were all the papers in New Hampshire are small but I wrote I wrote for the Valley News in West Lebanon New Hampshire and you know I had a great editor named Don Mahler and he was like you know, whatever I was up for, he was like, we'll figure out a way to make that happen. And I I would like to, every homestand, I would like to go down and do a feature on the Red Sox, you know? So, yeah, I got my press pass and I'm going, I'm, I'm in the press box, you know, at at 21 years old at Fenway, I'm covering the Red Sox. Like, this is number one was like playing shortstop for the Red Sox. And this is like, I can't believe I'm this close to, to my dream. And I walk into that press box and it's like, fucking Dan Shaughnessy. And, and I just a bunch of like miserable, (laughs) like, wow. So you guys are living your dream and you're, you're this miserable and unhappy and you, you you hate me because I'm excited because I love sports because I love baseball. uh, You know, and I did, I did have, like, I did have that moment. um, I think it was Dwight Evans just crushed a ball to, to the triangle. um, You know, where you're like, Obviously, if he gets in a triangle, it's a triple, but if it one hops into the bullpen, you know, it's a double. And I just like pounded the table or something. I was like, well, oh, you know, really. and then, and then I got a firm talking to for, uh, for, for rooting in the breast box. I've
1: been <laughs> spoken to as well for showing my emotions at the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 45 against the Packers. I was scolded for, uh, for, for daring to bleat joy. Um, And also, I think it's it's not a coincidence that the curmudgeons um, of this age, the older guys, it's because they never worked in uh, a press box that allowed booze. You know, this weird thing that we got more puritanical as we've gone along here I mean, Harry Carey, Myron Cope, a lot of fellas, they enjoyed a they enjoyed a belt with their with their ball game. And I I, I see no problem with that. They were not covering serious matters. They were covering sporting events. So. All right. That's a good answer. Is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? I don't remember that from the Pivo quiz, but there it is. Um,
0: Well, uh, much like Lipton, I think he is. I agree with Lipton. Uh, no, Edelman's definitely a Hall of Famer. Definitely, uh, you, huh? It's definitely, yeah. I mean, don't, you know, I know, now I have to bring out Lynn Swan's career statistics. And, you know, so so Edelman obviously has better regular season statistics than Lynn Swan, 336 career catches. But um, Edelman also the second most prolific playoff receiver of all time behind Jerry Rice. So Edelman has this run, right? So Edelman has a run where he, Stop me when you hear when you hear Canton. Stop me because it's insane. Edelman's run, right? Super Bowl winning touchdown reception against the Seahawks. Okay. Um, only David Tyree's catch better than the catch against the Falcons, right? I mean, obviously they lose. They lose to the Falcons without that. among
1: among uh, among catches that have a fluke factor to them yeah i would also include the curse catch in super bowl yeah but obviously
0: Uh, the curse catch results in nothing right Um, uh, and and so 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 that's two super bowls and again i know it's hard for you because you're a kid in the 70s so you're not used to you know your team winning lots and lots of super bowls like like the steel curtain did in the 70s but um and then and then he and then to top it off uh, MVP of the Super Bowl against the Rams. To
1: my answer to that is there, and if not there, I might even give it some consideration for the game he had against the Chiefs that preceded that uh, Super Bowl MVP. But I think the MVP cinches it. I, I that may surprise you. Maybe you think I was uh, coming at you cynically. I think Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer right. because of his performances in January. I, I that you can't have it both ways, people. Is is he? Was he ever a top two at his position for any season? No. But the the other side of the argument for Hall of Fame is, can you tell the story of pro football without this guy? No, you can't without Julian Edelman. He has made so many essential plays as a part of the, this millennium's greatest dynasty or whatever you want to uh, – however you want to uh, call it. I don't know the two guys, Belichick and Brady, define dynasty. But however you want to um, – whatever you want to call that yes edelman is a, a essential in those playoff runs yes he's a hall of famer to me spaghetti by the way do you agree
2: that julian edelman's a hall of famer yeah i don't know i mean it, it, it may depend on his class that's it. You but answered.
0: that's it that's all he just wanted he didn't want to he didn't want to hear you expand on your wrongness
2: <laughs> is west is west walker a hall of
0: famer well, let's go back through the difference between those guys. Let's count Wes Welker's rings. Good Christ, Spaghetti! No, Wes Welker's <laughs> not a Hall of Famer. The guy with lots of Super Bowl rings is a Hall of Famer. I
2: uh, if if, if Julian Edelman, cool. Edelman was a, if Edelman was a Detroit Lion for his entire career, it's just like I, I, my thing is that you put Julio Jones on the Patriots. It's like, come on! Oh my, I God. Oh I my God! I don't know what that yes. even means, Spaghetti. Yes.
0: If if Greenwood Green played for the Lions, if me Joe Green played for the Lions, if Jack Ball Lambert, Ball Lambert played, for, no, no, yeah.
2: yeah, sure, those guys are those guys are good players. Edelman was just he he was a quarterback at Kent State. Brady and Belichick figured a way. By weight. the
0: way, this is an interesting question that Spaghetti has just inadvertently stumbled us into because God knows he wasn't trying. To say something interesting. <laughs> uh, me, are you keeping up on this first
1: impression? I'm, I'm, of- I'm,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm ready to um, listen. I'm ready to listen. Okay. No, but because because Jack Lambert on the on the Lions made me think of this. Dit Butkus' entire career, everyone just accepted, like, oh, this guy is the greatest linebacker I've ever played. This guy's a badass. Like, look at the Chicago Bears records during Dit Butkus's career, and you're like, what impact. Did this guy have on the field? It, they lost year after year. They were terrible, and it's like he had a publicist. Like, what if your middle linebacker is just trudging off the field after loss after loss after a lopsided loss? Like, what? I mean, you know, it's like Ray Lewis obviously is essential to the success of this this Super Bowl winning franchise. And like, you can't, I mean, that for me was almost like a discovery, you know, uh, where you're like, you know, remember Sheck, we used to have those big books. You'd look through the the actual yeah, physical right, right. book of, of a guy and you'd be like, Dick Butkus. And you'd be like, what? They, they never did anything. I, I, you know, I thought this guy, you know, ruled the earth from his, from his linebacker position. But, uh, so I would say it, it, it may be Spaghetti's right that Lambert, you know, was good enough that he could fall into that Butkus position of even if the Lions had been terrible, you know. I mean, you can
1: butterfly affect those things. And some guys, wherever you drop them, they would be a Hall of Famer. Dan Marino very likely would have thrived in hindsight, but it's not as though everybody knew that before the draft. But after the fact, I think, ironically, he's probably the guy you would point to and say, you could drop him onto any team and and that team would have uh, would have been great. Well, I
0: definitely um, – I would definitely agree that he he could have won as many Super Bowls with anybody else. Oh, stinker.
1: Um, but, yes, Julian Edelman on the Lions, he wouldn't have been a Hall of Famer. But, you know, also Steve Kerr, how many rings did, does he have? And Steve Alford was in and out of the league in what, like three seasons? Yes, circumstance does and, impact an
0: environment. The, to your point, Shaq, you know, one of the things with dynasties as they come up for the Hall of Fame, you – you can't have two guys from a team that won six Super Bowl. Like you do have to start going down the roster, or it looks ridiculous. So to your point, they, you do have to go. Who are the key guys? And you and you have to get some uh, some Century Twenty One real estate jackets on those guys. Well, I'll tell you too. And the, the two
1: good examples that I can summon uh, now that guys who wouldn't start on most NBA teams but were Borderline essential to the success. Kurt Rambis. Kurt Ram. If Kurt Rambis was on a bum team, uh, he probably doesn't start for that bum team. You know, in the the irony of ironies, and yet he's out there starting next in between Kareem and Worthy and Magic. It's a, funny how that math works. And the same thing kind of goes for Rick Fox. Is Rick Fox? On the Lakers, I mean, if Rick Fox isn't a Laker when he gets to the league, where did he go initially? Did he go to the Celts initially, oh, yeah. and then then the horn? I forget how it all went, but right, only on that Lakers team with Shaq and and Bob Ory and uh, and Kobe is he then plugged in as an essential member well, of that championship winning this, team. Uh,
0: this is- hurting your Julian Edelman, your your righteous Julian Edelman Hall of Famer. I don't don't compare Julian Edelman to Kurt Rambus and Rick Fox, please. Julian no. Edelman was a Hall of Famer. Touche, right. Yeah, you're uh, right. Uh, but but I would say a better analogy is that Kurt Rambus was to those those Hall of Famers you just mentioned, as Dave Semenko was to Gretzky, Curry, and Glenn Anderson, right? I mean, like that Rambus was basically uh, a non basketball player who was just out there to go. Uh, you will get low bridged going to the basket if you mess with with uh, with Kareem, uh, and and you need. I mean, it is interesting. You do need a guy who doesn't care if he touches the ball, and he's going to do all the scrappy, dirty work um, as as Rodman uh, perfected. I mean you know, Rodman, the best of all time at uh, what are the crappiest jobs available out here? I'll do that. That's
1: exactly right. I always felt like on one hand, I appreciate that a guy understood. Listen, this is how I make millions of dollars if I'm willing to be a two dimensional guy like this. On the other hand, if that's all you're doing I think the 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 praise gets a little outsized. With Dennis Rodman, wasn't looking to to do anything other than collect rebounds and, and defend. He was he was nothing on the offensive end. So of course he was a it's uh it's a little unfair to everybody else who he was competing with. I'm, but I'm it but up. it
0: tells you when you look at the rings, it tells you how essential it is that those jobs get done by somebody. And I want to transition now to a to a current situation that is being underreported I've never not considered
1: here, though I've never considered that Kurt Rambis basically as the hammer of those Lakers teams took his look I wonder if he literally took it from the Hanson brothers in <laughs> slap <laughs> shot because
0: he does look like the fourth Hanson yeah. brother anyway go he ahead uh, so Zion Williamson not in the top 40 in the NBA uh, as of the top of this week in rebounding And I, I watched this guy play and I'm like, he, he's built to rebound. He's so wide and he's so strong and he gets up so quickly that you just would think, you know, Barkley was a great rebounder, obviously physically the most, most uh, similar. And I'm like these rebound statistics, he's had games with two rebounds. Like he, these rebound statistics are really unacceptable for a guy with his athleticism and his size. And when you look at somebody like Rodman, who said like, I'm just going to love to rebound. Um, you know, Kevin Willis was taller, but these guys who go, I'm going to stay in the NBA doing this thing. It's a, it's a will thing. It's a commitment thing. It's just like, and so when you look at Zion averaging 6.9 rebounds a game, you're like, that's unacceptable. Um, super freak athlete, and so then, so then you go, well, why, why is Zion Williamson not a, a good rebounder like that Rodman moment in the Jordan documentary where it's like he, he knew where the ball was going to come off? Like he, he actually – like he wanted to know where to go to increase his percentage chance of every rebound. And it's like somebody needs to, to uh, figure out how to get Zion into double digits because he's a much less effective player even with the crazy shooting percentage – um, around the basket if he's getting seven rebounds a game like that's that's not an acceptable number for for a physical freak like that 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 guy's got to be up around 1011. I mean Danny fortson, it was a much better rebounder than zion williamson what's up any <laughs> Fortson? good to, you know what
1: that I, I like you calling that out there we, we're gonna do a segment here because uh hench as he mentions uh a long history not just of being a diehard uh sports guy for fox sports and uh and otherwise but also a high-end uh comedy writer you're you're uh no stranger to punch up i think that's what we'll do a uh, part of our righteous cause here will be to punch up sports we love them but they can be made a little bit better and so we'll do all that that's your first punch up we'll offer it to you julius Randle. i mean uh, to zion uh we'll offer it to you um that you got to start rebounding a little bit <laughs> that's I will, my punch I wanna, up Give you're the a devil though you're good cop bad cop in it i do want to say about the pelicans those uniforms they wear, the all whites with the with the blue at the bottom, and it looks very much like the Washington Bullets. Okay. You get well, the, the uniform on, and uh, appraise on that.
0: Let me say something about the the sartorial check. Uh,
1: what, you don't care you know, about it? No, no, You're no. Like no, no. Out,
0: you don't care? No, no, no. no. Um, what I will say, by the way, Heather walked through the living room. My wife, Heather, walked through the living room a, a couple weeks ago, and they were – they were showing Miami heat highlights on their court and she had a seizure. It was, she was like, what (laughs) the fuck (laughs) is going on? And I'm like, I swear to God, honey, those are their uniforms. I swear to God, that's what these grown men play in night, night in and night out. But uh, I I will say this humbly, you know, when you started this with the uniforms and the matchups and look at these, this color combination and this classic look. And I'm like, Oh, my God. Sheck is sheck is disgracing himself. Like, who's going to who's going to have an intervention and talk to to Dave Gamshek about sports fans and what they care about and the uniforms. But much like you're you're revolutionizing the NFL with your overtime change that you drove personally, personal mm-hmm. campaign. Um I think you've won the uniform battle. I mean, reputable, respectable people, not like us, but like Scott Van Pelt, you know, you hear it, you hear people commenting when they roll the highlight package on how good the the uniforms look. So I'll tip my cap to you. You won that. Um, I never thought that that would take, but you know, people, I, I don't think fruit's going to catch on, but i Maybe I'll be proved wrong. wrong <laughs> I disagree.
1: Again. I think I think fruit caught on several uh, centuries ago. <laughs>
0: I think I think human beings and fruit get along. So high in sugar, watch it, watch Trick. it, kids. Don't get <laughs> tricked.
1: All right. Well, first of all, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. So thank you for that. And two, one uniform question for a Boston fan. Well, two. It's weird that the Red Sox continue with the navy over the red, isn't it? It's a little bit weird. Two, um, it, it's sort of, it's tracking like the Browns having more orange than Brown in their uniform. But um, Pat Patriot or Flying
0: Elvis? Oh, Pat Patriot. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can't, it's your, it's your first love, you know, it's your, you, when you're, you can't, when you're a kid, no matter, no matter how bad they were that Pat Patriot is uh, they
1: weren't that bad anyway. You had that fun. You had that fun '86 season with Rod yeah.
0: Rust, Rod Rust, Dick McPherson, Andre that's, that's Tippett. That, Andre Tippett, the baddest looking
1: dude out there on the field in his era. I loved uh, Andre Tippett. Uh, that's the correct answer, and they should return to the Pat Patriot look. Now the the last question, because unsurprisingly, we had all these news items, we had all these things ready to talk about, and we can do any of those. Hedge, I, you know the world's our oyster here do you want to jump in on any topical stuff be a tiger's accident uh matthew judon's exchange with uh, jameson hemsley which is very interesting i don't know if you've been following that one threatening to release um photographs of the ravens beat writer for espn at a strip club for misreporting something about matthew judon's um contract situation uh, with the Ravens I find uh, that a fascinating game to play and I well, well go ahead what do you have
0: to say about first it? of all just gentlemen's establishment can you say gentlemen's establishment because I Classic. feel like there's a there's a disparaging in your tone there's something disparaging there but um <laughs> I I guess uh I mean I'll jump in on anything what what floats your boat I mean you know uh, uh every whatever we talk about right now is gonna feel like an improvement over talking about uniforms.
1: I mean, there's no reason for that. That you don't have to attack me. You just give me a compliment, and now I've I realize that you were just patronizing man, me. I'm giving you another
0: compliment. This next topic is going to be awesome. Grown, we're, man. We're, grown man, grown man, running around in a hoodie out on the street because we're streets. not because we're not talking about walking the catwalk in Milan. What do you think of the lines? I of know this it doesn't matter. Outfit? I know you only look of the at lines it.
1: You only look at it night after night after night. How could you possibly have an opinion or any interest in uh, in in what they're wearing? The whole oh the whole god. game.
0: All right, oh I'm not going to get
1: into it, but you're crazy if you think that watching the Jets.
0: Jeff- oh my god! Did you see Hector Camacho's shorts? Oh my god! Those tassels.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. That directly impacts my ability to, to enjoy it. Did you watch That's the so blue crazy. shirts and the Flyers on Wednesday night? It was hard to look at the red, but with the orange and the blue. It was, it was hard to look at. All right. Uh, you know All what? Right. Go ahead. Matthew. Ju- okay. You know what? I, I think the Matthew Judon thing threatening, uh, I think it's Jameson Hensley, I think is his name. I apologize for getting it wrong, but I'm sure he doesn't enjoy the attention he's getting this week. Uh, <laughs> Judon threatening to release photos of him at the gentleman's establishment. Um, but on you the know, other hand, isn't the more damning thing saying I have photographs of you, the actual vi- visual evidence is secondary to like uh, to his wife or whoever. If if uh, if he ha- if he has uh, a significant other in his life, like
0: what are you doing at the uh, at the
1: gentleman's establishment? You didn't tell me about this. The release of the photographs is uh, is
0: anticlimactic. Right. Well, a um, couple thoughts. One is is the threat of the release... I mean, this, this is going to sound like I'm making a joke, but it's actually... It's, it's a sincere question. Um, is there threat of the release of the photographs uh, to embarrass a guy for looking at boobies, or is it that he's breaking protocol? Like, is would the beat writer wow. be, rest, you know, like, you know, if... Beat writer. You know, I, I mean, in uh, you know, we... On last man standing, you know, it's like, okay, it's understood that you're going to get tested when you come to work and you're going to, and the crew there, you know, all these zones, you can be in this zone and, 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 but everybody goes home, everybody goes on and lives their life. And there's just kind of this scouts honor thing of like, please don't go to an underground rave if you're coming back to work. So I don't, you know, so is part of the, um, threat, like you're going to get suspended from your, your beat job, uh, for violating protocol. but the other part that and you can fill me in with all these answers but is once you say um I have pictures of you at a strip club if the guy's married, I don't know what the repercussion. I don't know who's gonna get mad at him but like then once you've said I was there publishing pictures of me right ogling, hot blonde <laughs> yeah well yeah we all know what it looks like if you were there. Wow look at her. She's beautiful. Like, right. so the, so you've kind of already played your threat. I'm saying you were there. And then the guy's girlfriend or fiance or wife, whatever is going like, were you there? And then he'll go like, yeah, I, I went to a strip club and if, in 2021, it's hard to imagine, uh, that, that be, there being any real repercussions for this. Oh, in 2021
1: though, what I think is.
0: I mean, imagine. from his wife
1: from his wife not not from No his, I hear from- you but well the reaper I, I the what I w- the thing that hit me was I bet you all professional athletes who have Matthew Judon's text number are texting him right now like what are you doing man we don't win this war we're not <laughs> us against the nerds who cover us and who who's done more nefarious stuff under the cloak of night we have don't start don- don't uh, start this snowball going downhill cuz we end up on the wrong side of it man
0: well, we've uh, we we're good friends with a with a famous uh, sports writer who who uh, in a moment of impulse r- divulged a, a a an All Pro's n- name and presence at a gentleman's establishment, and uh, he, he didn't realize in the moment that he was violating a, a higher code. And I don't know uh, who you're talking about, but I don't, I don't appreciate who- it.
1: Pitchers and catchers have reported, Hench. It's our year.
0: Oh, my God. Baseball. It's going to be grim. You know, you know, this is good. We'll get out of the gentleman's establishment for a second. Uh, I was thinking about growing up with, with Freddie Lynn in center field and, and Dwight Evans in right and Jim Rice in left and how you know the way sports used to work is like if you were a little kid, you could fall in love with that outfield. And, and have it for a little while. You know, right. you, you could, you could, you could you know, oh, you know, pitchers and catchers and, you know, my guys are going to be patrolling the outfield of that way. And, you know, in 2018, when the Red Sox go 100, uh, they go 108 and 54, and then they go 11 and three in the playoffs against three super teams. I mean, they dispatched the, the Yankees, Astros and Dodgers, you know, teams, that have continued to have 700 winning percentages like in perpetuity that that 2018 season with the Red Sox like one of the greatest seasons of all time including the postseason they go 11-3 and and during that run it was like you know J, Jackie Bradley Jr. MVP of the ALCS, Mookie Betts just making that incredible play on Tony Kemp where he you know cuts the ball off down the line pivots and throws a seed to second to, to throw Tony Kemp out and then Andrew Benintendi making the diving catch against Andrew, against Bregman to to end it, and and as a as a as a grown up child, I was like, oh my god, I I this is the best outfield in baseball, and I'm gonna be and I'm just gonna be enjoying them for for years, you know, into my retirement, and uh, and it's like, oh no, you're you're gonna lose. It's all just all gonna go away immediately. Like there's no there's just no way. To keep your guys, there's just no way. Like, and 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 I will say this about Mookie, who I love, and you know, um, and uh, you want you want good people to be happy beyond sport, right? You know, but if somebody is offered, like, if you and I live in Los Angeles, that is a choice we made. So it's very hard, and obviously, our our, our aforementioned buddy. He also lives in Los Angeles. So it's very hard to go, how dare Mookie <laughs> Betts choose to live in Los Angeles when he could suffer, you know, back home and 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 we can live in Los Angeles and enjoy him playing for the Red Sox. Like it is
1: it's like, a great point. Right. The double standard. Yes. Professional athletes are talking about two dimensional. We perceive them as two dimensional creatures. We do not allow them the same, the same luxuries that we give ourselves. Um, listen, but if anybody,
0: if any, everybody's going to pay you half a billion dollars to play right field, then the entire decision should be where, where do I want to live? Where do I want to, where do I want to hang out? You know, I, so, so, um, is pretty good i i uh, i enjoy it quite a bit keep, keep that down
1: i really do i i mean i'll give you my whole hypothesis on why la is fortunately for us because it'd be even more expensive but um that that people haven't caught on but why it's it's willfully misrepresented by the rest of the nation. Well, we'll get into all that. We have so many things to kibitz about. As a matter of fact, who's going to be the Patriots' quarterback? What's going to happen with the Celtics? What's going down there? Are the bees going to continue the mighty run in the mighty Mass Mutual? We have to talk about hockey, so let's just do that because we're going to do my we're going to do uh, spaghetti and meatballs here in just a second to help the transition. I think I've got to say. A very strong first showing. I'll leave it to Spaghetti to, to give the final grade. I think for the most part, Hench comported himself nicely. His his mean-spirited remarks notwithstanding. But here we go, Hench. Let's okay. lay it out here because we need to do it as early as possible so we can feel good about ourselves. The four teams in the Mass Mutual that will be playing in the postseason. Go. Spaghetti, prepare your list.
0: All right. Wait, wait a minute. So – Give, give me the parameters a little. One, two, three,
1: four. I want you to say who's going to make the playoffs out of the division. It's a it's a rugged division. The Devils and Rangers are not bad teams, but they're both tracking to miss out on it. The Sabers aren't going to make it, so it really is about five teams. Although you could, I could see a case for the Rangers. Although the Bread Man's absence isn't good. Okay, so the Bruins are given. They're going to win the division. I agree with that. The Pennsylvania teams are in. Oh, I I appreciate your optimism with the uh, the one on the western half of Pennsylvania, but that's the that's one of the teams that's going to be right on the cusp there. I think by the end
0: of it. And then who do you have as number four?
1: I go with the Flyers. They're the most talented bunch. I do think though, I, I, it, it's interesting. The Caps want to just bang everybody around, and maybe they can do that. Which is funny if that's how the Flyers went out. Is that their youth, their high skill? youth gets intimidated or whatever by uh, or or just physically pushed around by a team like the capitals or or maybe your guys. Um our poor buddy I, Nick
0: Santora. Nick Santora is not gonna like the Islanders not even getting a mention.
1: I think the Islanders well I was just gonna say I think the Islanders do get in. I think it I think it goes fly I think it goes Bruins win it. I think the Flyers wind up second. I'll go islanders three penguins four i think the caps are the one i think that's i think that sounds like a hot take but i believe it that Ovi and company are not gonna be I'll, a, I'll go bruins
0: bruins pennsylvania and uh and the caps
2: okay spaghetti bruins finish first uh i have the flyers passing the capitals for second um, but I have the Caps still making it in third place. Also, interesting thing with them, uh, they weren't planning on it, but and I, we will talk about this later on spaghetti and meatballs. Henrik Lundqvist is already practicing by himself in uh, the Capitals facility after Me his too. open heart surgery. So you know he was supposed to contend for the starting goalie position. You never know if he shows up late in the season that could help them there. Um, I am not picking the penguins. I think it's a great.
1: Of- I think it's great for the caps that they could uh, that they could add another um, veteran who's well past his prime. That would be great for the for that will fix what ails them.
2: I mean, you're not gonna. It's not offending me by making fun of Lundqvist now. Not on the he's Rangers. Your favorite, he's your yeah. favorite
1: player, right? You still root for him.
0: You're like Hench, rooting for
1: Brady. That's good. You're rooting but for it's Hench. not, you know, but it's why, not
2: it's all class.
0: Spaghetti's got class. Shit.
2: Yeah, exactly. But it's also, first of all, you could be happy for the guy. Just, I mean, he's an athlete who's trying to practice now and having open heart surgery not too long ago. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is that he was supposed to contend for their goalie position. Um, before this this health scare happened, and this is not a slight against you, Sheck. I my prediction is that the Pittsburgh Penguins become sellers at the trading deadline. And that's the reason why I have the Islanders uh, ahead of them in the fourth spot for as much as it pains me going to say, the Islanders will make the playoffs and the, the Penguins just miss out because I think they will trade off, not Crosby, but uh, Malk and Letang and try to revamp for the future. Obviously, with the whole regime change now in the front office, Rangers are too far back, too many issues going on, so they're not going to make it.
1: Well, let's talk well, about here's, that here's next a- week, by the way. Ron Hextall is now the general manager of the penguins and i don't care for it and to, to show how childish i am i see you would root for that I, can, I he's gonna have to do something good before i can ever get behind uh 27 in orange well, check this won't surprise
0: same. you because because you've been following uh the last 10 years but as a bruins fan i would rather play the penguins in the playoffs than the islanders
1: I think that's right. Yeah. I, I, I think that's uh, probably uh, a, a wise call. Um all right, spaghetti, before Hench goes and we jump into some uh, some hockey talk here, final grade on Hench's virgin run.
2: Look, I've done a number of podcasts, and I have to say this was was pretty impressive. The the chemistry off the bat, uh I mean, hitting so a wide variety of topics. We hit all four major sports. It was it was funny. We have a bit of his background life story. I mean, I really couldn't ask for more. I'm not even just saying this. This. this was uh, really special, and I think our fans are really gonna enjoy it.
1: Where's your dignity? Oh, you don't man. have to kiss his ass like that. That's ridiculous. He insults. Well, this. Not, it's not
0: just not. Hinge, I'm saying a, a good job by all. Oh, okay. Yeah. Smart kid. Hey, um, I will say this because you cause you used the analogy, Shaq, but whatever my letter grade here today, way higher than when I actually lost my virginity. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Way, like, higher. I, a, way higher. That's way higher. That's going to be on the pivot questionnaire later. We'll get back to the pivot questionnaire. We'll get into all
0: that. We certainly lasted longer. Good Christ, how long have we been talking?
1: <laughs> this is going to be an ongoing issue. See, Dave. Dave talks a lot. You see, and Kevin Hench. You think I? You think I'm a a, a big talker? I'm a ham and egger compared to Hench, as you can see now. Uh, This is going to be a good time, Sanch. I think we're going to have fun. Out he goes, and that means it is time now for our proper deep dive into the world of pucks, uh, specifically focusing in on the mighty mass mutual division. Take it away,
0: spaghetti and meatballs.
2: All right, we're back. Another spaghetti and meatballs. Eddie Spaghetti here with Mikey Meatballs and Meatballs. Quickly, I got to start this off by saying, in this minus three episode, we picked our Mass Mutual playoff predictions, and I had your Islanders in the fourth spot, passing the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, I know we have a lot to get to, but any quick thoughts? So you want to you want to praise me for for promoting your Islanders?
3: I, I, I like it. I think it's um it's the right call. You know, I think when it comes down to it, Trotz is gonna have them ready. They'll be they'll be good to go. Come playoff time. It's a little it's it's a little shaky, you know, how how things line up right now because everything's so tight, but when it comes down to it, I think I think they're gonna get the spot.
2: All right. Well, I'm glad you approve. Let's move on to our third star of the week. Just kind of continuing on from my story from last week with Henrik Lundqvist, we saw pictures was running around New York City post open heart surgery, feeling great, you know, posting about it, saying that he is on the road to recovery. And now we get pictures of him at the capitals facility in New Jersey, practicing not with the team yet, but by himself doing goalie drills in the full pads and everything. That is something else for a guy that was supposed to contend for the starting goalie spot with the team. Uh, He said he wasn't going to play this year, but now if he's practicing, I mean, who knows, maybe come playoff time, he'll, he'll suit up for them, but it's just great to see. Um, I I hate that he's a, a capital now. And I've mentioned that plenty of times already, but obviously you root for his health. Guys like Chris Kreider and the Rangers have spoken out and said they are just, you know, full of joy seeing Hank back in the pads and, and can play again. It's
3: it's it's really a a great story there. Yeah, good for him. I think uh, you know, with everything he's been through, you know, recently and then so many good years with the Rangers, he he deserves he deserves some good news to his name. Um for my third star, I'm gonna go with Jeff Skinner. Uh not really a star, um more or I guess a, a negative third star. Um, he's getting paid $9 million a year. Uh, he's been a healthy scratch the past few games. Uh, he logs very little ice time. And uh, earlier in the year, I said he can't have two bad years in a row, which I guess I was right because this year is really bad. So um, <laughs> shout out to him. Shout out to the Sabres. Uh, you know, letting the Islanders get some wins. Um, I don't know. I, I, you can't. If you're a Sabres fan, you got to be out of your mind right now because – you, you went through this, you know, so-called rebuild and getting Eichel and everything. And now you're, you're looking, maybe you, you're thinking about dumping Eichel again, like, and, and you have Skinner who's just not producing and guys are just not producing. So where do you, where do you go from here? You rebuild another five years. Like it, it doesn't make any sense.
2: Yeah, it'd be a real shame to see uh, Jack Eichel team up again with David Quinn, the Boston University connection, come to the Rangers. I mean, it would just be really the worst thing for the Devils and and the Islanders. Uh, But anyway, moving on to our second star of the week. (laughs) and meatballs me and you we share this one a big weekend for the nhl in lake tahoe a couple uh weird stories from it but to tie it back to the mass mutual the flyers bruins game with well over uh, a million viewers it was the all-time most watched game on the NBC sports network crushing the, the previous one which is pittsburgh in, in the flyers uh, last year in january the bruins 173 that's one part of the story. The other weird issue of it is with the ice. Now, obviously, California going to have a lot of sun. They, I guess, didn't really think of it. They thought the temperature was going to be low enough or it wouldn't matter. But the ice got all mushy. Had to delay the game until midnight Eastern, uh, 9 Pacific, which is, I mean, absolutely crazy. So there's a lot going on there. That being said, the the pictures and like just the video from that, like I know the famous one now is, is kind of went viral was the Charlie McAvoy goal and just seeing the mountains behind them with the lake and stuff. I mean. Beautiful stuff there. I'm glad everyone across the nation is watching these games. But yeah, there has to be a better way to figure out, um, you know, what to do with this ice issues. If you're going to have these outdoor games, you got to find places that are much colder. Because during the daytime, it's you know, it is a desert. It's a weird, you know, California has a bunch of weird climates. But when the sun's beaten down, it's it's gonna. This is gonna happen.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I guess Batman just learned about the sun on uh, <laughs> on Saturday when the, when the game first started. But I actually. I like the games at night. I think it looks better outdoors at night. I don't know if mm-hmm. that's just me, but um, I think it looks cooler. I think the jerseys look better at night with the ice and everything. But yeah, you're right. They definitely have to find um, a colder place to do this. Uh, there are plenty of places, you know, up north that that could host these events. So sure, I, I think they'll figure it out. And I think it's a great it's a great um you know it was a great thing for the NHL, especially with the numbers. Considering I think their deal with NBC is done after this year. Is it or uh, I don't know, but yeah, up com- yes. upcoming they have to, to renew the contract now ESPN is looking into it. So hopefully these numbers we get to, you know, broadcast some of these these games a little bit wider.
2: Yeah. And that game that I'm talking about was the Avalanche Knights game, which also was a very highly rated game. Um, yeah. And the Avalanche won that game three to two. But yeah, it's supposed to start 12 o'clock local time. Uh, I know like the Landis Cog tried to come back out so his team was ready to go. the f- officials pulled him back out and said no we gotta we gotta wait until the ice I guess hardens up there or whatever but just uh, a, a weird that was a weird story of it but all, overall a great weekend for the NHL and it, it looked awesome but uh, let's move on to our first star of the week. And this is a weird one, Meatball. I know me and you share this one. I mean, this is international news now, not just NHL news, not just Mass Mutual East news. Artemi Panarin, Rangers' best player, Rangers' leading scorer with 18 points so far in 14 games this year. The 29 year old has taken a leave of absence from the Rangers because of these, a story that was pushed out by a, uh, I guess, like a coach from his time in, in June, back in 2011, an 18-year-old woman in Riga, Latvia, they said he had a physical altercation with. Now people have come out on the team that played with him then and said that never happened. There's been reporters from Latvia have said there's been no official police report filed and nobody you know that was involved with that team or, or, or Panarin at that time has any recollection of this. Of course, people tie this back to Panarin, who has been an outspoken critic of Vladimir Putin. So a lot of people think this is some sort of way of Putin getting back at him. And unfortunately, the reason why he's taking leave of absence, um, because he uh, my guess is that he's extremely worried for his friends and family who are in Russia, because I guess if if you're supporting Alexei Navalny, that's not going to be good for your well-being this is a crazy story you know the rangers por- portion of this doesn't really matter uh, personally like you know the, it's a weird year for them anyway i'm not going to sit here and get upset that he's not playing and turning the rangers you know it's why they probably lost to the the flyers and they have a couple of tough games coming up that doesn't really matter what matters is his well-being his family's well-being and it's it's a very very strange story what you have The police force and people from Latvia, you have the leader of Russia and then you have an NHL player and a team involved. It's just a wild story. I mean, I don't I have really much else to say beyond that. It's just it's just something I've never seen before.
3: Yeah, I don't really have much to say on it either. I think it's it's kind of it's just crazy. I mean, I'm an Islanders fan, but you don't root for. You know, being like being a hockey fan, you don't root for any of the competition to be out. You know, you want to see the highest level guys playing. And I think you know, for you as a Rangers fan, it must must drive you crazy considering we don't really know what the story, the true story is. It probably it could be fake, it could be and it could be real, but Mm -hmm. the way things are looking, it doesn't look so. So I don't know. Maybe I I don't think the NHL steps in at some point, but I I do think there's got to be some. Uh, you know, mediation between Panarin and the the Russian government, or whatever mm-hmm. I guess, because they gotta they gotta figure this out. They gotta get him back on the ice, and sure. it just, it's not a good look for anyone right now.
2: Of course, of course right when it broke, you just we want to make sure that if if he did do what was said or reported, obviously that that it's it's miserable, it's terrible, and it shouldn't have been done. Right now, uh, as of this recording, it seems like that is not the case. That it seems right, like this yeah. is a false report, which is good, but the weird part of this is there's plenty of NHL players who have also been pro Putin. Uh, you know, Alex Obechkin is one that they've definitely shared pictures with together and they've, they seem friendly enough. So it's a weird, very weird thing when you have guys in the, in the league who are pro Putin, who's clearly just not a good guy in any sense of the word. And he's, threatening the lives of panarin's family and friends and himself and now the rangers are in the middle of this thing trying to just try to take care of the safety and the well-being of him and it is it's the weirdest story ever uh, right now we still don't maybe know the full scope of it like i said i was at this recording thursday morning but this is what we know right, right now i hope he's back soon i hope that that he can do whatever he can to protect his family and friends there and that nothing else, you know, harmful comes of this because this is something else. And then hopefully get Panarin back on the ice and could help the Rangers maybe make a playoff push here. But that really is the least of my concerns. This is just a wild, wild thing to, to see.
1: Oh, tasty stuff, as always. Spaghetti and meatballs, muzzle tough to you guys, and uh and great times with Kevin Hench there. We appreciate you following along. We hope you subscribe and download and share with your friends. We appreciate you doing that. Make sure you're making all your bets. FanDuel.com slash my minus three once again the word minus the number three is how you do that uh, also make sure you go back and listen to the deep dive on big ben roethlisberger and the pittsburgh steelers with mark caboli of the athletic we'll be back with more Huey and applesauce for you two shows a week now going forward looking forward to that good times await in the meantime have a good weekend and thanks so much sports fans it's been a thin slice of heaven